All right, Mental Gen, are we ready? Commence. Aye. Internet and welcome to another episode of Geek Fanthology. I am your host, Neil Cordreda, joined this week by the one true fan and Mike. And uh, strike first, strike hard, no mercy. We're going to talk about the Karate Kid. Um, in celebration of Cobra Kai having come out on Netflix recently, we thought we'd talk about that, or at least that's our excuse. Um, if you haven't watched Cobra Kai, that might be in another that might be another episode some other time. But uh, we're going to wa- talk about the movies, the Karate Kid, the Karate Kid Part Two, the Karate Kid Part Three, the next Karate Kid, and the Karate Kid, which was really madly misnamed. But we'll get to that. <laughs> but first, we got signal boosts, or do we? What do we got today, folks? Uh, well, I'm I'm sorry. Go ahead, Mike. Oh, I was um, going to say mine is the um, game on Steam called Fall, uh, Fall Guys Ultimate Knockout, which is um, an interesting little game. Uh, it's kind of like a uh, an MMO an MMO Mario Party in a sense. It's not exactly Mario Party because it's it's different, but it's like a MMO party game, I guess. Would be the it best is way to put Takeshi's it. Castle, the video game. Or for those of you who have no idea what Takeshi's Castle was, is that the most NXT extreme and most most extreme elimination challenge. Right, you are Ken. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's basically that. Just a lot of silly, like you know, um, physical like challenges, obstacle courses, and whatnot. Um, yeah. Although yeah. it's um, it's mm-hmm. got like. Uh, a lot more contestants involved instead of a handful. I mean, there's still a decent amount, but I mean, this is like dozens. I think it's like I think the first game starts with 60. It's it's at least 60. Yeah, it's really high. It's like dozens of players. And, and yeah. you Team Yellow apparently. So that, yeah. it, it, it's apparently cool to bag on Team Yellow. I'm gonna I'm gonna buy that game with my next check, but uh, I don't have I can't afford it yet. But I agree, it looks fantastic. All of my favorite YouTube uh, philo- all of my favorite YouTubers are. Uh, are playing it and, and it looks great. Now that that I will say, um, most most I'm not much of a Jeez, watch games. Bucks. Yeah, yeah, I'm not much of a watch people play games guy. I don't really watch any streams or anything. When I was into Heroes of the Storm, I'd watch a, the occasional match or part of a match because I found that kind of interesting pro level. Uh, but then you know that exploded as we all know. Um, yep. But uh, other than that, I don't really watch streamers play games. But uh, I could totally see like jumping in on a stream and just watching, you know, a little bit of this here and there because it's just such a ridiculous, silly spectacle. So yeah, mm-hmm. one of the rare games that's actually, I think, is actually worth streaming and watching be streamed. It's a it's a lot of fun to just watch because you get you get to kind of sit back and and examine the insanity. A lot of physical comedy. Yeah. Yeah, that's all I got for this this episode. Ben? Okay, so mine's I mean, I've been playing Avengers, uh, you know, Marvel's Avengers and that that's all cool and stuff, but um I really want to signal boost uh something a little bit more important. Uh buddy of mine, Josh Lindeman. Uh known him for a few years. Um he was in a terrible accident uh, on his bicycle. Uh he has paralyzed on his left side and he's got a long way to go to um thank God he's still alive, but he has a GoFundMe uh, and I, you know, I know we don't normally you know do stuff like that but this is just an ordinary guy who was you know in the wrong place at the wrong time he's um he's broken parts of his back and his neck like can't you so um yeah i saw this i've got a i've got a bunch of mutuals with him yeah and so if you've got you know i i may put it on my page or neil if you want to go ahead and set it up somehow on the page uh his gofundme's out there you know i mean it's just him and his wife as far as and he's you know he's basically got a long before you can even uh you know even think about walking again so that's my bummer of a uh of a signal boost well um i have uh i have uh something fun at least um <laughs> my uh my signal boost of obscure youtubers who have far more of a following than we do um by the way please check out our youtube channel like and subscribe because it really would help us even if you don't listen don't want to listen to us on youtube just throw a subscribe our way so that we can make the algorithm think that we have people who care about us. <laughs> um, I want to uh, I want to signal bo- boost uh, pushing up roses. Uh, pushing up roses is a uh, video reviewer. Uh, she spe- she specifically talks a lot about episodes of Murder She Wrote and Golden Girls. Cool. I need to point that out to Randy. I really enjoy. She she's a she's a comedic reviewer type person and. Uh, and is a bunch of you know like 80s grandparent tv um 
And if you go to our channel, please let people know that we sent you, because ha 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 Gorilla Marketing. Also, uh, I know one on a, uh, here recently, I signal boosted Dingo Doodles. Yeah. Uh, evidently, there is a new, a new Dingo Doodles episode. Okay. Well, the last one ended on kind of a cliffhanger, so, so yeah, uh, now there's... Oh, um, that's what we got, um... Spoiler of the actually week because we're uh, because this will be the last of our three episodes that we did to catch up on our on our schedule. Um, so um, the sig this the spoiler of the week. What they're doing is secretly teaching them karate. What? I know, right? Because that's a conceit that's well, it's not really used in the second in part two or part three of the original Karate Kid trilogy, but the first one and the next Karate Kid and the Let's let, let's call it what it should be called, the Kung Fu Kid, <laughs> because he learns Kung Fu, not karate. Everything is Kung Fu. One of my favorites. It's a really great speech. Um, like the the the, the remake, the twenty ten remake. Why don't we start with that one? Because uh, I want to. Um, oh darn! It, it's a compelling argument. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's my podcast. We're gonna do what I want. So. <laughs> um, I I like. Jackie Chan does really well as a dramatic actor. There's very little comedic from 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 uh, from Jackie. Like he's just he's just uh, just kind of there, and he's good. Also, it's uh, really interesting because unlike the first Karate Kid, the the, the original Karate Kid, um, Dre is a massive fish out of water because they moved to China, right? Yeah, I think in the first, in the original Karate Kid movie, it was like, uh, it was like Jersey to California. Just yeah, it moves from Reseda to California. <laughs> right? <laughs> Just a bit. Yeah. At least there, everybody still speaks, speaks the same damn language. Oh, I'm sure that right? uh, some people in California would argue that people from Jersey are speaking a different language. In <laughs> this is true. Yeah, and it's, you know, so he, almost, he doesn't speak the language. Uh, and, you know, so there's almost nothing there that he can really interact with not even yep well it's interesting in the sense that the first movie uh that was 1984 um and this one was 2010 so um <laughs> in, in 84 um i mean obviously you didn't really have the language issues but you didn't have like the internet or a lot of the uh the modern contrivances uh, right. that you would have Cell in 2010 phones. yeah right. this is like 20 yep Another big difference uh, is um, Daniel in the original movie, he's 17 years old and friggin' Dre is 12. That's a pretty big difference here, mm -hmm. which yeah. is one of the things that I found kind of like off-putting about the movie is like it felt like it felt like the kids were acting like they were like 14 to 18. Well, I guess I guess the the bully or whatever is 14 is a little bit older, but like I right. just felt like he's 12, but he's acting like he's 15 or 16 or something and just felt like artificial to me. Yeah. And I don't know what is considered normal in China. Yeah, there's that too. I mean, you know, you're going to have a lack of, uh, you're going to have less of a cultural context when you're not. Yeah. Yeah. You're not growing up part of that. But even, yeah. even aside that leaving that aside, yeah. it's still, you know, it could have been anywhere and it would still be weird. <laughs> right. Right. Well, to us. Yeah. Yeah. Again, not knowing what the, what the cultural context is. So, so someone in China, it might be perfectly normal, but I don't know. Well, yeah. I'm talking more like just a general, like, kind of um i guess like childhood development type thing like i don't know it just felt like um yeah. felt like they were acting like they were more hormonal and like fighting over girls more and stuff that than like a 12 year old would be like to do mm, right yeah on dre's side yeah that was those but yeah also, um healing someone with fire cupping is way cooler than healing somebody by clapping your hands and rubbing them together <laughs> uh yes yeah, so that's another that's another gimmick to be discussed the the uh convenient near instantaneous healing well i mean he, he it's obvious that mr miyagi uses his uh his his karate healing magic <laughs> that's by the way just as an aside here that's one of the most like um just arbitrarily accepted like <laughs> plot devices i've ever seen in my life to this day it's just like oh i'm I just clap my hands together and <laughs> but a bing but a boom and breathe just, a little bit and uh <laughs> yeah just right. yeah just a few little movements here some breathing it's like all right get out there all mm -hmm. right so uh as the massage therapist uh, it's not the clapping of the hands together it's what he does right after 
because what he does is he he rubs his hands together very quickly, um, which will hands. And... Yeah, but that's still not going to br- fix a broken knee. No, it's not going to fix a broken knee, but it is going to it will help with the soft tear around it. Well, the, I've, the I've thing just... is, <laughs> like you can polish that turd as much as you want, then, but it's still ridiculous. <laughs> He's still definitely using magical karate healing powers. Right. I'm sorry, AKA, AKA Reiki. <laughs> I mean, you can you can dig in you can you can dig in there and pick away at like well, uh, you know if you look at this then this is tangentially related to this technique that's actually used. It's like yeah, but it's not like you don't instantly have like significant yeah. relief. Like it does. It's just <laughs> there's no way around it. It's still magical healing karate powers the way it's portrayed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and what I'm trying to avoid is getting into the yes, he's the magic teacher. Well, it's just. Magic. You know, <laughs> it, it's just, I mean, well, I, I mean, that was, that was the trope of the, uh, of the day. Like, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It, it, like it, it is a product of its time. Yeah, it is. Um, and it's, it's something that I, you know, I kind of, I, I kind of forgive it because it's going, yeah, it is the product of the time. And like Bruce Lee, you know, uh, kind of bringing martial arts into, into the West, this kind of revived. Well, there's no doubt that the original Karate Kid movie just made, you know, karate uh super popular in the u.s exactly that's a real chain reaction there i don't know i mean i just i i think for the i i don't disagree that it was a you know it was a product of its time uh and it Mm -hmm. may be a little you know cheesy in some of the in some of the portrayals but yeah i think that a lot of people clutch the pearls a little too much about that stuff um i i feel like it's, it's there's a lot more positive uh that I mean, for example, like he's not just a cartoon. He's not portrayed as some cartoon character. Like he's actually um, like a really well-developed character who's interesting is actually a big part of the movie. And a big Mm -hmm. part of the one of the big plot points of the movie is the is the friendship and bond that he and Daniel uh, develop. And they go into all this stuff about like, you know, it turns out he's a war hero and like uh, the internment camps and all this serious shit. So like I think on the whole, like it's it's a very positive portrayal of, uh, you know, Asian American. Which is why I try not deep into the magic part. Uh, it is still something that's it kind of plays to that. But yeah, I mean Miyagi's character actually steals the show. I mean seriously, well, Ralph Macchio well, was supposed yeah. to be the star, in, and it really does. Pat Morita just yeah, Morita you know, was just a really fantastic actor. Yeah, he well, just I learned is thing. I didn't know that he was like known for comedic stuff before that. Because I didn't really know the actor outside he of the context. He was in Happy Days. Yeah, that's so he was weird. The first Al uh, in Happy I never really watched that show. Arnold, but yeah. yeah Arnold, Arnold, sorry. Yeah, and uh, yeah, because and I was recently watching a, uh, a you know a uh, an episode of Happy Days. Yeah, he shows back up for uh, you know for the graduation. I was like, oh my god. Yep. Pat Morita, you know. Is uh, is there anything we we wanted to? Uh else that we want to touch on on the on the 2010 remake before we pivot to the original um already kind of getting there yeah yeah no um go ahead neil uh uh jayden smith uh actually like apparently uh jackie jackie chan said so jackie did most of the stunt coordinate stunt and fight coordination for the movie you know like you do when you're jackie chan and he said that Jaden Smith was actually like a lot of fun to train, and would really have liked to just sort of like take him in as a as like a as a as a disciple of kung fu. But apparently that didn't happen. Right. Um, so the things I liked about the 2010 version, first of all, was you know it did it was more about you know some of the I think the the less about you know when to use kung fu were a little um a little more uh i don't know like like i said my my favorite thing was there you know about that home mm-hmm. um you know it's in everything you do and and it's also the part where um you know where he actually you know revealed you've been secretly learning kung fu the entire time because it's in everything that you do uh which you know it, I, I like that that was a philosophy and then the um they also borrowed things from the uh, uh, from you know the next karate with the trip to the monastery, and of course you know your focus needs more focus, uh, which another one of my favorite lines from the movie. Um, but there's also the thing about this one is that Dre and um, oh, what was his what was the uh, Jackie Chan's character's Mr. name? Hung. Uh, Mr. Hong. Hong. Yeah, and uh, Mr. Hong uh, is that they end up helping each other. Mm-hmm. Which we didn't see in the first one. I don't yeah. think we saw in the second or third one, really. Yeah, it, it, we, we saw we saw it a bit more in in the Karate Kid Part Two. But Mr. Miyagi yeah. was not particularly uh, unlike Mr. Han. Mr. Miyagi was not 
particularly broken. Right. Um, I mean, he, he, he got sad and got drunk on the anniversary of his wife's death, which, okay, yeah, that makes sense. But aside from that, like, he, there, there wasn't nearly so much, like, Jackie Chan really seems like a angry old man for most of the, of the thing. Mm-hmm. And, you, and unlike Mr. Miyagi, who is pretty nice the whole time. Right, and who's always zen, whereas Han, yeah, you know, <laughs> all your kids get off my lawn, you know. Yeah. Um, He's an angry old man. <laughs> exactly, you know, and... Um, well, if you'd have that many bones broken, oh, wait a minute, that's Jackie Chan. That's Jackie Chan. Yeah, well, yeah life imitating art, art imitating if life. If you ever want a good laugh, just, like, you know, look at the little, like, x-ray skeletal chart type thing of all the various things that have, um, that he's, all the injuries he has sustained over his career with all the ridiculous stunts and stuff, it's... Uh, as Pretty I understand insane. it, he has broken literally every single bone in his body at least once. At least once, yeah. He's yep. in sustained injuries, you know, um, and, you know, in pretty much every film he's done. Um, so, I mean, and Jackie Chan started with Bruce Lee. He was in Enter the Dragon. Yep, he got punched too hard. <laughs> yeah, and uh, so, um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's. Um, I like the modern take on, you know, the Kung Fu Kid, uh, which mm-hmm. I think you know, should have been more of a series, um, you know, because there, there's more to it that could have been done. You know? Well, here's my thing. If you're going to do this thing, or this story where it's like, okay, we completely uproot and move to China. I'm like, I don't think you can really capture that in a two-hour movie. Like, no. I feel like that really needs a limited series, at least, to really, like, yeah. you know, pace things out and develop things up enough. Like, it just exactly. seems kind of abrupt with all the... With all the stuff they have to cover in such a relatively short runtime, this is true, and I go better on you know on what they what they covered at time. Yeah, I mean it, it had a decent runtime, two hours twenty minutes, um, but there there wasn't there was not enough there was not enough time spent at the beginning building how shit it is to be yeah. Dre Parker. It's true, and I, I got um, yeah. They may I mean two hours twenty minutes. That's a that's a decent like movie. So. It's not not so much that they um not my my issue is not so much that they they rushed it as a movie but just that the story would you know be better as a series. I mean I you know those are all like those are all meta like you know oh, those yeah, are all absolutely. real world concerns and stuff. It's like okay. <clears throat> you know they wanted wanted to have a star vehicle movie for Jaden Smith and blah 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 and it's gonna be a movie. But I'm just yeah. saying if, well, I mean, if you had a blank check. And his his dad produced it so right obviously so yeah i think we kind of covered the ground on this one uh mm-hmm. but the secret kung fu so i mean since we have kind of the gimmick the secret kung fu in this one was the jacket um put on your jacket take off your jacket drop your jacket hang up your jacket yeah so um yeah he had to he had to teach him not to make the face <laughs> when he did the strike which was kind of funny oh you know the uh the whole like explain a movie badly thing where you give a a sentence summing up the plot that Uh makes it sound as ridiculous as possible i would be like jackie chan teaches a young boy to jacket properly (laughs) (laughs) oh i like it i like it and changes his life in the process right (laughs) yeah jackie chan teaches karate by teaching kung fu yep jacket chan it should be pointed out that (laughs) i love it That kung fu is very different from karate. Yeah. So. And it does. I do believe it. It roughly translates to hard work. The actual words, right? Kung fu. Yeah. Doesn't isn't doesn't the meaning of that isn't it similar? Uh, um, exactly, but I thought it was something like that. Let's check. Because it depends on your also on your. Kung fu. To the internet. Uh, let's see. I'm already there. Give me just a second. Could be one of those things where like you know words develop and change over time language in general and like the, mm-hmm. the origin phrase or word might be more close to what i'm thinking right. than the end result but uh, um i like how the word jeep um uh, kind of evolved from gp for general purpose vehicle in the army mm-hmm. <laughs> so in its original meaning um it the literal uh okay so Zhongguo Wushu is my terrible pronunciation of what it is, uh, Chinese martial art. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so, um, um, uh, and one of the, uh, from what I was able to find here, that, uh, um, that one of the, uh, that like sort of the initial roots of, of, uh, of Gong Wu, which I'm also pronouncing horribly, um, is hard slash skillful work and time spent smashed together. Ah, there you go. So that was, I, I believe that is what... So that's uh, what I'm referring to. Yeah. yeah. That's the gist. It's, I mean, it's that kind of sounds like basically what it's, it's like saying mm-hmm. practice makes perfect, essentially. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
So, uh, let us reverse gears entirely and go to the first Karate Kid movie. From the end to the, the beginning. beginning. Yes. Um, so, Ralph Macchio uh, was playing a 17-year-old at 23, which is not horrible. Um, but I think, uh, Yeah, I think he pulled it off. <laughs> he was pushing 30 by the time he was playing an 18-year-old in uh, the Karate Kid Part 3, though. Well, well, <laughs> that's funny. Well, you know, <laughs> it is funny, though, when you're talking about ages versus, you know, ages portrayed on screen and everything. Um, I actually saw Ralph Macchio do a uh, one of those Zoom-esque interviews on Conan O'Brien on his mm-hmm. YouTube channel the other day. And, like, he still looks super young for his age. The dude is 58 years old, and he looks like he's 40. Yeah, yeah it's, this is true. He he does... He, he is... Uh, he's one of those people that... Uh, that is aging very gracefully. Like so, Mario Lopez or Patrick Stewart. Right. Exactly. Or, you know, um, Keanu Reeves or yeah. uh, Paul Rudd. Although they're not really aging gracefully so much as they're not aging. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, you know how they, you know how Patrick Stewart makes himself look old, don't you? Like in how? the card? Stubble. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he doesn't shave as well. He doesn't shave as well, and it makes him look older. Uh, whereas Keanu Reeves grows a beard, and suddenly he's fucking immortal. Uh, yeah. But if you look at him in uh, uh, Bill and Ted's uh, uh, Bill and Ted Three, uh, he does look middle aged. Yep. Now Paul well, Rudd. They might Paul be playing Rudd, it up. Who knows? Yeah, there's a painting of him somewhere. I know that doesn't look so good. <laughs> There's probably there's probably a group portrait of those three that doesn't. There's a there's a fantastic yeah yes I get what you're talking about. Uh, for, so Mike, do you get the reference? Dorian Gray. Yes. Yes. Sir. For those who don't get it, he, he is referring to the to the portrait of Dorian Gray. Um, there's the, the, there's there's a there's a Tumblr thread out there that I can't remember where it, it discusses the various immortals of Hollywood. Yeah, every so often um, you'll see like some old painting or photograph from hundreds yeah. of years ago that look like contemporary actors. Yeah, um, Keanu gets that treatment uh, sometimes. So, so actually, uh, as a quick aside, uh, you know, because we're talking about the Karate Kid, and it brings to mind a bunch of other martial arts films. I think we should at some point do an episode on martial arts films. Uh, you know, on their influence. You know, in, I'd be in down for that. Culture. That is. Yeah. A- I I've, I did a quick Google search for from and found from the grapevine eight celebrities who just might be immortal, <laughs> and it's a bunch of old pictures and or paintings of people that are dead lookalikes. Like uh, here's a Renaissance p- painting of I'm pretty sure it's actually Peter Dinklage. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll throw this up on the Discord for anybody who wants to see it, so that we can advertise the Discord a little bit. Um. And of course, the, the the this leads to uh, we'll, we'll finish the digression here shortly. But this leads to the oldest immortal of all of the Hollywood immortals is Tommy Wiseau. Who? How, how many centuries old is he? Um, pretty people are pretty sure that he is one of the first humans and also a vampire um, because he inexplicably has absolute buckets of money, mm-hmm. has an accent that you can't place other than somewhere in Europe, <laughs> and. <laughs> Yeah, that does sound very sketchy. Vaguely European. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and okay, um, has anyone interviewed him during the day? This is important. I'm not sure. He doesn't really do very much in terms of public appearance. Ah, well, that's another. That's another. And uh, and he apparently <laughs> despises the French language entirely. That's just a complete non sequitur, but all right. Well, all right. it's it's a thing, but and also he's doughy faced like you can tell he's old but like you ha- he's he's somewhere between 30 and 120,000 like you can't really place his age other than other than not young anymore other than dirt older than yes <laughs> anyhow the karate kid um tells the 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 story the story of young daniel uh larusso who is really kind of a dick at the beginning of the, of the movie like he's he's a cocky pompous jersey person we just lost everybody who 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 listens to us from new jersey um that's what one person well they play up the uh you know the the whiny kid angle because you know teenagers gonna be whiny when they're right especially when it's like you know he uh the the big move and he's like Mm. I don't remember the specifics, but didn't like his dad uh, died or divorced his mom or something, something to do with some kind of dad issue. Um, I don't think it's ever explicitly stated other than his mom moves to to uh, 
to Reseda from Newark um, for a job of some sort. And then has difficulty with the job. And mom's having difficulty with, with their jobs after having uprooted their family for for said job is, is also somewhat uh, consistent in both the original and the uh, and the remake. Um, it's and, a tropey trope. Yeah. And he wants to learn karate because he was learning some in from books and... Yeah. You don't never learn a martial art from books, by the way. Or movies, yeah. It's like all karate or no karate. Middle of road, squish like grip. Yep. Should also be pointed out that Pat Morita does not have an accent at all. Like he had to affect that. Yeah, he actually he grew a he beard was born and born in up. California. <laughs> yeah, he he grew a beard and played it up played up the accent to uh, made made an accent basically mm-hmm. to uh, get the role. Yeah. Well, yeah, because he was because uh, Miyagi was uh, okay. Yep. His his dad was was a Japanese immigrant. Um, but um, and so was his mom. But his but he was. I mean, he was born in America, born in California in 1932. Um, <laughs> so anytime you, it's it's really interesting to hear him speak, to hear any inter- interview with him where he's just you know talking, and you expect Mr. Miyagi to sound like Mr. Miyagi, but no, he just sounds like a guy, like an um, an American from California. They're like because their his his film performance is so iconic. It's jarring when you see him. Right. It's, it's like. It's like uh, seeing like an example for more modern people. It's like seeing the new Superman, Henry Cavill, and have him talk without putting on his American accent because he's British. Right. But you wouldn't know it if when he's acting. It kind of reminds me of uh, when I first saw Kelsey Grammer like doing interviews and shit after Frasier and like you know like being <laughs> making a crass joke or something in a completely right. different voice and i'm just like oh yep. okay like you're not dr fraser crane like i knew this in my head i knew this on paper but <laughs> it's hard for me my brain to like connect that mm-hmm. yeah it's almost like and and then you see uh sylvester stallone give an interview and he sounds exactly the same well that's because <laughs> rocky was you know well that and also like sylvester stallone like I, I wouldn't say he Not can't the best act, but I wouldn't say that he can't act. But he doesn't. But he doesn't do voices. He always right. sounds like Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> Yeah, that's that is definitely true. He does not he does not do voices. Yeah, right. yeah. Um. So we got uh, Mr. Miyagi. Um. Well, so we got so we got uh, Daniel. Uh, D- Daniel uh, falls in love with some with with some girl and uh, and goes to a beach party and. Uh, then, then, then the then the bad guys show up, and Daniel tries to honestly, like Daniel actually doesn't pick, doesn't start the initial fight. Um, he does escalate things pretty quickly, um, but he doesn't start the fight. But after that, the Cobra Kai students are just continual assholes to him until he gets saved by Mr. Miyagi. Hooray! That's it. by the way, just as an aside, this uh, this franchise celebrates adults beating up children a lot. Well, I wouldn't say beating <laughs> up children. I mean, yes, Mr. Miyagi does in fact beat the ever loving shit out of <laughs> out out of all of those kids, including <laughs> like I think throwing one of them through a through a, a metal sign that breaks um, yeah, at the I, at, at the uh, the Halloween party uh, stepping in to, to defend thing. Yeah, for um, anyone who hasn't seen this in a while, I I, uh, I implore you to watch the movie again and pay close attention to just how hard of a beatdown he gives to children. It's kind um, of disturbing. But at the same time, he's protecting someone else. Like he he's definitely he he is he's you know defending de- defending yourself or, or others is is a proper application of force. He does once again he doesn't start the fight. Right. He just finishes it. Um. <laughs> And, and God, I, does he finish it <laughs> hard? <laughs> yeah. Well, um, and we see something similar thing uh, with uh, Miyagi confronted. No, in three, with Miyagi confronting adults. And like, yes, <laughs> so. that was the uh, that was that was definitely one of the things that I really did uh, greatly appreciate, which was uh, which was in, in in three Miyagi just show, c- coming up and beating up. And 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 taking out the other two, um, what's what silver and crease? Yeah. yeah. Um, he's like, yes, I uh, I really am just way better than both of you. Um, <laughs> and you know that's as the movie 
uh, goes on the original it reveals uh, a big part of why the the bullies are such mustache twirling villains is because they're basically indoctrinated to be assholes 24 7 by their sensei crease mm-hmm. yeah and that's the thing is is uh you know and and again miyagi you know sums it up uh very handily uh it's not karate mm-hmm. uh, uh, but yeah another one of my other favorite lines uh tell him about uh where he learned karate like oh what belt do you have what kind of belt do you have he says canvas jc penny 390 you like it <laughs> <laughs> It's like I mean, in in Okinawa, belt mean no no rope. Need to hold up pants, <laughs> so, you know. Which which I like because it completely, you know, uh, steps away from the whole. There are mm-hmm. it's just well, and and it it in in the, in the second part, um, it's like you ever been in a fight before? Or no, sorry, no, it's it's in the first part. Mister Miyagi, I said you thought you said you'd been in plenty of fights before. Oh yeah, for my life, not for points. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, the, another thing, too, is that, um, you know, I, ironically, the popularity of karate in the U.S., which, you know, of course, you know, um, obviously, you know, your mileage may vary when it comes to people teaching martial arts and businesses related to them and whatnot. But a lot of it is just this thing where it's like it's commercialized and mm-hmm. it's about like you know, profit or retaining uh, students uh, and so on and so forth. So you have all the like all the belt systems and stuff where it's like, oh, yeah, you know pay this much like take these many classes and then you know unless you really fuck it up hey here's your new shiny belt that's of you know of this uh mm-hmm. arbitrary color and then it's this treadmill for you know people to keep uh cashing in on well japan like, even life. even original japanese karate uh did have the did did have the uh dan and belt um color system systemology that's not that's not oh, unique the core to of it is a thing yes yeah but there it's you're, you're gonna find you're, you're gonna find it work like 50 different ways depending on mm-hmm. like where it is and who's teaching it and stuff yeah and that goes for almost all martial arts by the way yeah and again that's something we probably ought to go into more we'll do a martian pop culture um, thing you know on that so uh where were we um well, we were going through Karate Kid one, and and the thing yep. about that was that it ended up being, um, you know, it ended up being, you know, the gimmick wins today, you know, the crane. Yep. Um, the crane kick, which got super popular, and what really, what one thing that kind of irritates me is that yes, it's the crane kick, but everyone calls the stance the crane stance. It's not. It's actually that actually is from Kung Fu, and it's the dragon stance. Yeah. Sorry, that's my own little personal. It's it's not the crane stance. It's 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 dragon stance. It's the crane kick. Um, um, And apparently, if do right, can no can defense, even though it's really kind of a shitty move. Yeah. Well, (laughs) one would think it's pretty telegraphed, but yeah, movie's gonna movie. Plot's gonna plot. So ready to karate. Um. Well, it should be pointed out that there's one other thing that that's very worth uh, bringing up, and that is um. There's another there's another bit that's entered the pop that's entered the zeitgeist from this movie and that is sweep the leg. Actually, that's from two or three. Nope, it's from one. Uh, it's in the first one. Um, yeah. Um, Crease uh, Crease calls Johnny over to him because he's got a nosebleed, and while he's looking at him, he says, "Sweep the leg," and he's and that that's when Johnny realizes that Crease is a, is a monster. Okay. Yeah. Um, so he sweeps the leg and uh, and. Poor uh, Johnny, like er, poor Danny, the Daniel can't use his leg anymore, which is why he, uh, which is why he ends up doing the crane kick. Because right. um, he doesn't even just sweep the leg; he grabs his leg and elbows his knee, which like um, is really like just low. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's a super injury. It's not something for a tournament. Yeah, so it's a it's a it's a great move if your goal is to incapacitate an opponent so that he can't walk and chase you anymore. Yeah. Another thing I'll point out here, because um, I've actually participated in martial arts tournaments before, they 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 play very fast and loose with how these fucking tournaments work. <laughs> it's yeah. just like, oh, yeah. we're just gonna kind of do a bunch of things and we'll arbitrarily make calls. And it's like, I, and I'm like sitting here watching the movie, being like, okay, what are the fucking rules of this thing anyway? Like, well, like, can it, you hit to the face or not? Because people are sl- people are hitting punching each other's heads kicking each other's heads all the time and it's like mm-hmm. in, in a tr- most like if you have a tournament where children are 
Uh, and I mean, granted, these are teenagers, but they're still, you know, they're still minors. Right. Uh, and of course, there's age brackets and stuff, right? You know, so you have big mm -hmm. tournaments like this, you're going to have different like age brackets and whatnot. But like, um, generally speaking, you are not going to allow hits to the head in a in a tournament like this. Yeah. Um, but yeah. they they have uh, like there's a there's a there's a point where like <clears throat> Daniel like does a thing where he rolls back and like hits him with the back fist to the back of the head. And then the, uh, and this, by the way, um, you know, a little teaser for Cobra Kai here, but <laughs> um, the, uh, and of course, you know, there's all the, the fan theory stuff where it's like, oh, well, no, Johnny's the real protagonist of the movie and all this kind of silliness. But it's like, <clears throat> um, he, his famous or infamous crane kick, it's a kick straight to his fucking face. Right. Like, that's clearly illegal. Like, you can't yeah. score a point on that. But that right. is the most celebrated moment of the entire movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and then he hands him the trophy and he's like, you earn my respect with that illegal kick to the face. It, just, it doesn't it, make any sense to me. It, it should also be pointed out that like Daniel's leg gets injured because a pre because in the semifinals, the guy, the, the other Cobra Kai guy, like does a jump kick down onto the knee. Right. And that immediately disqualifies him. Right. And yet Johnny delivers an elbow to the same knee. Right, and then and is a, given a warning. Right, yeah, <laughs> it's so arbitrary. <laughs> right. Let it disqualify, but use the arm. Ha ha, <laughs> you know, loophole. Yeah, so. yeah, which is worse because it was specifically targeting an already injured part. Like, yes, <laughs> it wasn't just like, oh, hey, like you shouldn't like that was a low blow, man. It was like, oh, you specifically right. saw an injury and went after it. Yeah, like, like that's yeah, that's really fucked up. So. uh Karate Kid Part 2, which I honestly think is better than the first one. Heresy. There's a lot. Oh, no, there's a lot to that. Uh, it's a different movie. Yeah. On a lot of levels because there's a lot of a lot of Okinawan culture that we see, a lot of, you know, a lot, which, you know, also reflects, I think, a lot of Japanese culture. Mm -hmm. But it is, um, you know, there, there's a, we see a lot more about Miyagi's past. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and I like the, I like the romantic side to that one, um, you know. I, I really like the romantic side of that one just because I, I have, a, I have a weakness for some of the, like the tea ceremony, mm -hmm. you know, the, the beauty of the tea ceremony is in its simple, uh, you know, and it was, it's just, that is, there is a significance to that in Okinawan and Japanese culture that we, we, we don't see really reflected in our zeitgeist culture. A lot of people can adopt it, but we don't see it as a whole thing. Yeah. There's there's something to be admired in a lot of in a lot of Asian cultures, but especially in 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 Japanese or or heavily Japanese influenced cultures like like the Okinawan culture, mm -hmm. where you where there is like the um the sorry oh, my no. brain just stopped um <laughs> culture yes uh where where there there is an appreciation. And 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 like there 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 is a cultural movement towards the the absolute perfection of of the simplest thing. Yeah. And and that that, that and that's kind of what you're getting at. The, the tea ceremony. You're right. It is very simple, mm -hmm. but at the same time, it's very 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 precise. Oh yeah, extremely. Um, and I and I had done some research on that in the what eight nineties, uh, and even in the eighties, and then I researched it again recently for mm -hmm. uh for one of my books, and um, it was uh, for actually prom night, and yeah, it's the 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 simplicity, the precision, mm -hmm. but there is so much that about the courtesy and the uh you know the respect for the pe you know for the the person doing the ceremony. For, uh, taking part in it just so much to that because it's a tradition that goes back oh yeah also it should be pointed out that yes okinawa is part of japan however they have a like it, they were they were a late addition to the japanese empire mm -hmm. um so while there so while the culture is runs parallel it's not it's not exactly the same so like if everyone's yelling okinawa is part of japan it, yeah it is now and was for a for a large portion of history, but during the during sort of its foundational period, it was not necessarily. Yeah, and yeah, so I mean, there's a, there's a there's a rich separate tradition in culture. Mm -hmm. Kind of like how there's a there's a rich separate uh, tradition in Hokkaido versus uh, Kyushu. I will, as the person who's been to Japan and knows that, I will definitely take your word on that. Other islands. <laughs> so yeah, 
Um, Kyushu, but, it, uh, if, if I will, let me make sure I'm not getting this wrong. Hokkaido is the northern island, um, and um, Kyushu is, is, if I recall correctly, the no, it's not. It's not what I'm thinking of. Um, sorry, Honshu is the one I'm thinking of, which is the big island. Mm-hmm. Um, but Hokkaido is the is the northern island, which be it it has it it it, it has its own. Uh, it also has its own separate like it's, it it's it, it's it's kind of like saying yeah, the South is is American, but it's way different. But but like Louisiana is real is real is real different from Wisconsin. Very true, or Texas. Yeah, uh, you know, <laughs> I'm not a big fan of lumping the entire South together as some sort of homogenous thing. Well, but, yeah, but I think that, that's, why, that's why I went to Louisiana specifically. I but... would say Texas is a good example because mm-hmm. you know that was the Republic of Texas, and mm-hmm. so you look at the history there and how it developed and became a state and everything. Actually, the reason I the reason I picked Louisiana is because it was is because of its heavy French French influences. Right. Um, Whereas- Mississippi uh, has a, has a very different one, and you get into Alabama. Yeah, you know, I mean, you have. And very- when you're comparing it to Wisconsin, Wisconsin. Uh, which uh, yeah, which primarily has a bunch of uh, it, it, cultural influences from Dutch immigrants, right. um, it, yeah. it's a very it, it, while while they are both American, they are very very different in in scope and flavor. Right, and cultural, yeah, and cultural. Yeah. And, but we're kind of wandering far. Yeah, afield. we're really wandering far afield. So they go to Okinawa. Um, <laughs> We started in Okinawa and end up into the American South. <laughs> oh, you are. Um, the, we are kind of glossing past the great opening bit, though. Where oh, after the tournament, uh, yeah. Miyagi throws down with Crease. Well, no, he doesn't. That, that's the thing. He doesn't throw down. He just dodges. Yeah, he dodges and then basically uh, immobilizes him. Well, yeah, I mean, he clowns him. Yeah, really Crease attempts to punch twice. Um, yeah, and and breaks his. Breaks windows with his fists and bleeds badly because newsflash, kids. When you go through, when you go through actual glass, right, you get cut to hell. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, and it's. I mean, but um, then he, you know, he knocks. Then he, he like knocks him over, and it's like I could kill you right here with a chop to the neck, and he just tweaks his nose and walks away. Ha 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 ha. Right. Boop. Yep. Um. So. Daniel gets dumped by his girlfriend off screen because they couldn't get the actress to come back. And um, <laughs> right? uh, Natalie, Natalie Portman and Thor syndrome. <laughs> right. And now she's coming back from love and thunder. It's like, what? The... But, uh, but yeah. And yeah, so he gets dumped and also his mom, I mean, it's like his whole world is getting completely. Yeah, his, his mom's going to Fresno for the summer because uh, there's a business opportunity. Right. Um, and Miyagi's, building a guest house for Daniel. Right. Just building a house in his backyard because Miyagi's badass like that. Exactly. Um, it's like, sorry, honey, I got to go. There's a plot device that needs my attention. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> right. And, but then, but then Miyagi's dad is sick. So he has to run off to Okinawa to see his dad die. Right. Um, and Daniel sells a savings bond to come with him or something. I can't remember. Like he, he, Spends his college, like fund, a college fund or something, yeah. Which they win back by gambling because ah, another great lesson of the franchise. <laughs> yes, beat up little kids and gamble; it'll always turn out well. Gamble on breaking ice blocks with your fists. <laughs> Put yourself in physical jeopardy while you're gambling. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, and we get, and here we are in Okinawa. We also find we we also find out that um. Daniel definitely is recognized by Miyagi as a, as a surrogate son because it's mentioned that um, that Miyagi style karate is only passed from father to son. Um, that it, and, and admittedly that's been broken a couple times because uh, Sato was taught Miyagi style karate by uh, by Mr. Miyagi's father because Mr. Miyagi be- uh, just you know he he begged his father to to let that happen. Right. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and that's and that's a, that whole thing has a really great resolution. I, I I loved the resolution of that whole thing between Yagi and Sato. Well, it's kind of uh, it's kind of um, <laughs> it's kind of refreshing, I guess, in the contrast of you know Crease just being a bullheaded dick till the very last second, and mm-hmm. actually seeing someone actually <laughs> someone actually like um, change and grow a bit mm-hmm. as a result of events, as opposed to Crease just being like this irredeemable dick. Yeah. Right. I learned karate to to 
kill what's really interesting though like is actually crease and miyagi have a similar um like actually follow kind of parallel paths just one follows it well and one follows it bad because they're both vietnam vets Mm -hmm. um just are they vietnam or vietnam he was a world war ii vet i don't know i thought it was vietnam no it was was world war ii no crease is vietnam i'm sorry yeah crease is vietnam yeah crease is vietnam yeah and and uh, Miyagi's uh, WW too. Yeah. Um. But like, they're both war veterans, but they both, but they they come out of things differently. Yeah. Well, and they come out of very different wars too. That's yeah. It. Vietnam and and World War Two, very very different wars. But um, you know, Miyagi was also Miyagi uh, camps. Before yes. That, so he 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 did the thing that you could do to get out of the internment ha- camps, which was enlist. So. But yeah, and, and the thing is, is I liked that we played because honor um, wasn't just a just a term; it wasn't a thing. You know, uh, Miyagi left uh, to avoid fighting Sato's friend, practically his brother. Yeah, he considered him his brother. Yeah. Yeah, and at the end, you know, he had the opportunity to, you know, it's like, hey, if I do nothing, he dies, or you know, and instead, you know, he saves him. Um, you know, helps him, you know, helps him to the shelter during, um, and then, you know, then there's the thing with his, uh, with, uh, the, uh, Cho- I mean, yeah, the, 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 the bad guy from, uh, from the second movie. Yes. The, the, yeah. Uh, yeah. Daniel's, Daniel's nemesis from the, from the movie. Yes. They, they both had their own, their own battles. Uh, yep. You know, cause Miyagi in this village and, you know, uh, Yuki, uh, that, you know, that he was, uh, you know, but also I, I want to go to uh let's see i'm trying to it's been a while yeah chosen toguchi but I, I also love the way miyagi uh ended that fight with crease with the nose honk yep. yeah <laughs> um, which you know uh basically is the setup for the end we'll get yeah um um and and this and and we also learn the two most important rules in miyagi style uh karate karate rule number one karate is for defense only Rule number two. First, learn rule number one. <laughs> Master rule number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ironically, so, it's like Fight Club, right? A little and bit. So you know, and and I like that you know because we also have the one who Dick and chose. Yep, he's the uh, one who he he's the one who doesn't who 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 like who who uses honor as a um quote he uses quote honor unquote as sort of a a reason to to be antagonistic even though he's he's like you 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 impugn my honor because you revealed that i was cheating people with with uh with loaded weights right Uh, it's one of those things where it's like you know it's a cudgel to use like weaponizing the concept of honor which is you know obviously the exact opposite of what honor is supposed to be yeah like sato sato while he had allowed himself to become bitter Mm -hmm. did actually have a semi a, a legitimate grievance against Miyagi. Yeah. Um, whereas Chosen was just an asshole. <laughs> exactly. Um, and and see, Chosen used it like you said, like a, like a weapon. Whereas Sato, yeah, Sato, because uh, and and we see that during the storm mm-hmm. uh, when Daniel's you know trying to be trying to be a good guy and then you know gets it over his head. You know, he tells Chosen, who was supposed to be the better you know the better person, go help you know go help him. Chosen, you know refuses so sato goes out and helps. Mm-hmm. you know this is an old man uh you know again versus a kid in his prime um mm-hmm. and, and he's doing something that the other one is you know and that's yeah i can i think that kind of yeah is and then yeah and, the, and, the, and keep in mind this is also right after um was this right after or right before he had a damn house fall on him his dojo fell on him. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you know, yeah, that was after that. Uh, that was when you know Miyagi, you, you know, karate chopped the uh, the yeah uh, the beam in half. <laughs> yeah, they had been hitting for years to harden their uh, harden their hands. You know, mm-hmm. another uh, another contrast here is you know he then he he disowns his nephew for yeah. a legitimate yeah. reason as opposed. I thought to, you were dead. To you, I am now. Yes, increase uh, like Crease uh, gets upset at his students for not doing bullshit, for yeah. not being an asshole. Like <laughs> that's another good contrast there. It's like okay, he's right. actually upset for a legitimate reason. 
And, and I love that they, you know, that they, they portrayed that balance in, you know, in the, you have, you know, the first, you have the Okinawan, uh, you know, uh, elder who is, you know, and then you have the younger, you have both sides to that. As yeah. Opposed to all of them are like this, all of them are this, you know, it just. Yeah, I will say that. That, that is one thing I compliment uh, part two on is that g- generally speaking, the characters are more um, nuanced, right. less like, you know. Caricature. like old school cowboy like the, yeah. the the good guy has a white hat on and the bad guy has a black hat on and they shoot at right. each other <laughs> right yeah there's no mustache twirl. Uh, so you know um so yeah and it it works out really um you know works out really well that way and then of course when chosen shows up and you know takes at the, the avon festival yep with yeah. a knife no less yeah of course you know he had a good entrance he did yeah and he's right. using a and he's using a butterfly knife and everybody knows that those are that those are cool right honestly they kind of are but uh well they're very versatile people are cutting what about those ones or you know you can show off uh, interesting opening and closing techniques to distract your enemies no, uh, it's good for <laughs> it's called a ballad song and they're in there i actually do quite in, quite like them um yeah but yeah um and then you bring it full circle with honk the nose right exactly you know live or die man you know and- die wrong honk and then and then everybody look and then look on proudly and fade to black right both of the move like all actually all three of the original karate kid movies have very abrupt endings daniel wins the fight Mm -hmm. and then there's like three minutes of celebration and then freeze frame fade to black roll credits yeah you know, one thing we haven't really touched on yet is the uh, the great cheesy '80s music. Uh, oh yeah, you're the best around. You're the best around. <laughs> yeah. So, um, oh, you know, another thing too is you know that that um, that cruel summer song by Bananarama, which is just so fun to say, Bananarama. Yeah. Um, that interestingly enough, that was left off the soundtrack, and that's one of the most iconic tracks in that movie. Right. Well, and then of course you've got uh, Chicago's. Uh, you know, uh, all, uh, was it uh, do, uh, did it all for love or whatever? Uh, uh, hang on. Uh, Glory of Love. Yeah. Yeah. Which, yeah. That was. See, that was the year I graduated. So yeah, that was like you know an awesome thing. Oh yeah, Joe Esposito, you're the best around. Um, yeah. And then uh, they made a third one. Yeah. Everyone hated. The sequel no one asked for, except for... The first um, sequel no one asked for. (laughs) The the, uh, the Karate Kid Part 2, I really, I do stand by, I really do think it's better than the first one. I think think it's more interesting. I think it's a solid movie. I just, I'd have to rewatch it to really, because it's been so long. But 3 is like, okay, um... Let's, well, re- like they're rehashing, let, let's just rehash the first movie almost entirely. Right. So. Well, the other thing about it, too, is that, like, you know, um, there's the, supposedly a significant period of time is passing here between the first movie and the third movie. And there are a lot of things that transpire. But then they just portray Daniel as this dumbass who hasn't learned a damn thing. Well, actually, like the that, that's the thing. Almost season. no time is supposed to have passed from the first movie oh, really? to the third movie. Um, it's been one year. Ah, well, okay. Maybe not a long period of time, but an eventful year, let's say, right? Mm-hmm. Where all these things, you know, he did all this stuff. I mean, hell, yeah. all that's, you know, all that significant stuff we're talking about in Okinawa, that was like a summer or something, right? Yeah. Yep. Daniel, once period. again, uses his enti- uses his uh, college fund to not go to college. <laughs> and help him to go to shop instead, which, <laughs> right. like, I, I don't know. I feel like that's... Um, I mean, don't get me wrong, Bonsai's great, but I don't feel like that's a like like even in even in in risky investment. LA, that, that seems like it's not particularly a, a very good. Uh, right. I don't feel like that's a particularly good. Um, yeah, investment. investment. That's the right word. It's it's not a growth industry. Right. Um, what well, is? It just grows very slowly. Yes. <laughs> also, like Daniel's apartment got demolished over, while they were gone because, of course, it did. And right. his mom's nowhere to be found. She's in New Jersey taking care of Uncle Louie. Right. Yeah. That's again. another one of the that's another one of the buried lead series. Like, um, his mom is kinda like never around. Can anyone <laughs> address that? <laughs> mom. And yeah, let's uh let, let's 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 go to another tournament. Except don't. <laughs> um but oh now 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 you're being bullied into it. Okay, so I guess we'll do it. Right. 
and then use the new gimmick and win the fight. Right. But that's another like it's another weird like mixed messaging thing there where it's like, okay, well I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do this because it's not right for me to do this. Oh, but if I just get pressure enough then I'll just do it anyway. Yeah. Well, also, and I think at the end there was it was even some it was this over the top thing where it's like they're on some cliff or something and they're like grabbing yeah, the yeah they're they're like, they're doing oh, they're, they're performing a kata on the top of a uh, oh you mean when they're so when they're the yeah when they're recl- de- um repelling down the cliff to re- to recover the bonsai the the bonsai tree that was gl- that was planted next to the waterfall which mm-hmm. is a cool like concept but like um okay. It's just I, everything is so over the top. It's like, oh, yeah. if right. you don't do this, if you don't enter this karate tournament, you're going to die. Yeah, we're gonna, we're, we're, gonna, gonna we're gonna fucking kill you right? because we want revenge. Tournament. Yeah, because we want revenge on 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 you for beating us at karate. Right. Yeah, just like I don't care how much of a dick someone is, that's just not believable. Right. Yeah. Well, and the thing is, is it it tries to pull a you know a kung trope. You know, my dojo versus your dojo. You know, ours is better. Uh, you know, um, and this is why I wish we could. Uh, we, we, yeah, why I wish we did these. Uh, you know, on video because then I would do my bad lip syncing. Uh, <laughs> that's that's the thing I love about the old uh, the old uh, kung fu movie, uh, back in the day when that was what USA was all about. Mm-hmm. USA ridiculous dubbing. Yeah, the ridiculous Gojira style. Yeah, and uh, oh, it was, but you know, there were such there were such fun movies. I loved you know watching them, mm-hmm. but you know, I uh, you just kind of start to get used to it. But then you know, it's fun to make fun of. But uh, yeah, it's you know, dojo versus dojo for the honor of the dojo. It just yep. you know, and, and it's it makes a certain amount of sense, but it doesn't do it well when you turn it into American American translate. Yep. So, um. So yeah, the, the, there's a third movie in the original. Karate Kid line, and then there was a fourth one. Yeah, the next. Karate. The next Karate Kid, made in 1994, so five years after the Karate Kid Part Three. Um, the first starring role of Hilary Swank. Right. Yep. And that's uh, the most memorable thing about it. Yeah. Um, it can't do car great. waxing because he's uh, because she's a girl. Yeah. So instead, I believe uh, she he uh, Mr. Miyagi gives a. Uh, Gives her kid brothers a bunch of Nerf guns. <laughs> Wait, hold um, on. Are you, I don't remember. Are you saying like Miyagi was actually? Or were you were you saying that was a that was a like thing so, of the movie, or that he that Miyagi actually was like, nah, we're not. No, 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 no. So Miyagi begins the standard teaching of first we wax the car, this hand what, and she's and she and Hillary Swank, the next Karate Kid, is like, you have a lot to learn about girls, and just walks off. Hmm. So. It's not that he uh, is sexist, but she is, she demonstrates the sexist trope. I see. Because girls don't like cars. Well, I would argue that nobody wash. enjoys washing cars. <laughs> yeah. Well, that and I think it was you know to to show she's sassy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there's a lot of those. Th- yeah, I think there's just a that movie. There's a lot of that stuff where it's like yeah. the writing is just so like arbitrary and ham-fisted where it's like oh we have to like okay here's our sassy moment it doesn't have to make sense and it's like oh here's our girl power moment and it doesn't have to make sense it's like there's just these beats in the movie that they want to hit and they yeah. they're insisting on hitting them at certain yeah. times no matter what's actually going on in the story so you find these things where like you have because it's like you have good actors in there and stuff but like they have a terrible script and they can only do so much with it yeah it's like star wars prequel syndrome all over again right. well not all over again because it's yeah. 94 but you know what i mean Right. Yeah. And so there's no um there's no tournament in this particular case. Instead, there's a paramilitary fraternity. Yeah. For security guards. For security guards, which is really just we can't really have these guys live out in the woods and do uh you know like mm-hmm. hardcore survivalist paramilitary separatist shit. Mm-hmm. Um because but that's what we're going for. Um <laughs> Yeah, because you know all those cool frat people that want to be security guards. <laughs> Give me a fucking I, Yeah, this is like, dude, how you know? Well, I mean, the fraternity's led by Michael Ironside, so there's there's some there's there's some there, there's there's a there's something that can be uh, appreciated there. Yeah, he does kind of lend. I mean, okay, Michael Ironside <laughs> can make anything seem cool, you know. Mm-hmm. It's like, 
I am leading an elite force of janitors. <laughs> you know, and suddenly you're going, man, I need a mop. <laughs> hey, janitors would be a step up because you know, janitors are just doing honest work and not trying to be assholes about it. Yeah. Right? They're not picking fights with their brooms and mops and such. <laughs> Yeah. No. Then, then we get into uh, Stanley from uh, UHF. Oh yeah, that's right. The <laughs> the mop kata. Yeah. Or you know, mm-hmm. Stanley's mop. You know, wields it like a lightsaber. So. <laughs> uh, um, also, there's something about healing a bird to. Oh yeah, that that the whole thing starts when she's uh, she's looking after a bird. Well, it's it's a it's a hawk specifically. Yeah, Harris Hawk. Yeah, that she mm-hmm. needs. Well, it's be- a, it was a it was a silly reason for her like to be breaking into the school, basically. Yeah, right? it's like Someone... oh, we need we need a dumb reason to like have these events. Oh, I know there's a bird. Well, just go with it. Go with it, right? Shh, just let it happen. <laughs> yeah, this whole movie was the, the the whole movie of the next Karate Kid was uh, yeah okay, just just go with it. The movie. Yeah. Right. Yeah, let's Pretty demonstrate much. the lesson that she's learned. Because uh, there, there's the part that was the that sticks with me to this day is her, you know, at the table and seeing a bug on the table and going to smack it, and the monk putting his hand over, it, you know. And then later on, you know, she does the thing where, oh look, I'm protecting the bug, <laughs> you know. I mean, it's, uh, it's I, very- I just looked it up by the way. Um, I'm this is. This is like a parody of itself. I'm I'm not making this up, Internet. You can look it up. That uh, organization is called the Alpha Elite. Oh, yeah, the Alpha Elite. Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Some on-the-nose bullshit. Right. Um, <laughs> it's fat-based, so you got to have Alpha in there. Right. Oh, alpha, yeah. Alpha yeah, males. Get it? Get it? Yeah. See how subtle this is? See the <laughs> subtlety here? Right. So, oh, yeah. my God. What, what a bunch of hackneyed writing. This is so bad. So I'm glad that Hillary Swank got other work. Yeah, yeah. God bless her. She she moved on to actual good movies. Like, <laughs> she paid her dues with this horse shit. Right. Uh, she did get to act with Pat Morita, so that's cool. That yeah. Is true. This is true. And Pat Morita, like, Pat Morita is, it's hard for him to not, to not do well, but it's, it, it was very still. very tired of carrying the movie. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, you know, and the thing is, is this was this was considered to be her breakout performance. Well, it was her first starring role. Right. Well, um, and, and just quick. Oh, my God, guys, it um, had a budget of 12 million and the box office was 15.8 million. Right. Now, let's well, compare that to the original Karate Kid. It had a budget of 8 million and made 100 million dollars. Well, and, it, and then, I mean, uh, at least it made its money back. <laughs> right. <laughs> So, Probably yeah. not though, because those budgets they they usually just you're talking about the film budget and not like the marketing, advertising, and stuff. Right mm-hmm. now, actually, here's the thing: uh, Karate Next Karate Kid was not her first role; it was her first starring. It role. was her first starring role, right. which is what I said. Yeah, yeah, like you said, but yeah, she was in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yes, as a as an extra, Kimberly Hanna. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I was just like, oh, but yeah, and this was yeah. also the Buffy movie wasn't really all that good well true and you know that's why the series yeah um yeah and, and it's just they call it the penultimate you know but yeah <laughs> you know in the series which you know thank god it wasn't the last one so. yep we got the kung fu kid and of course we have almost no time to talk about the thing that i haven't seen but it is worth mentioning like every successful thing in the late in the mid to late 80s and early 90s the karate kid got a saturday morning cartoon show Yep. <laughs> that involved traveling the globe to find magical shrines. That sounds more like a video game setup, <laughs> right? Um, and you know it, it, and and from and from what I have, uh, from from the descri- from the um, from the reviews I've seen of it, because I've not, like I said, I've not seen it. I've uh, I've heard that it was uh, that it was better than um, the. Um, the that one show that had the three sports guys, um, it was the who who used their sports powers to fight crime. Um, was it give me a warning. Globe Trotters, because that was pretty good stuff. Now, I think that was in the seventies and eighties. So, um, give me a second here. It was better than 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 uh, NBC Pro Stars, but it wasn't as good as Mr. T and the T-Force. <laughs> or Jackie Chan's Adventures. Yeah. Well, Jackie Chan Adventures was later. These I'm talking these are all specific, well, everything I'm mentioning here were of a time. Jackie right. Chan Adventures was uh was uh was uh, was actually more my childhood than than earlier. But yeah, NBC, NBC Pro Stars featuring uh, Michael Jordan, Bo Jackson and Wayne Gretzky. <laughs> <laughs> so ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Yeah. 
Um, so, man, it's... We could probably do an episode on Saturday morning cartoons at some point. I'll add, I'll add it to the list. Um, oh, yeah, that's a rich, rich uh, mind to... Oh god, vein to mine from right there. Yeah, that's some that's some low hanging there. Uh, there's a lot of stuff there, but you know, yeah, it's not really a thing anymore, unfortunately. Saturday morning cartoons. No. Yeah, Saturday morning cartoons aren't really a thing because you can't advertise to children anymore, and they were all just glorified thirty minute cartoon, uh, thirty minute commercials. So, right. gotta move those toys. Yep. That's why Transformers yep. was a thing because it was specifically designed to move toys. Oh, and it did so well. Yes. <laughs> uh... Uh, we're pretty much out of time. We've actually been John for about an hour and a half. Um, so, so yeah, sometime in the future, we do need to do one on martial arts. Cause I mean, there's also other martial arts movies like last dragon, uh, everything Jackie Chan's ever done. Mm-hmm. All the Jet Li stuff. All the Jet Li Tony stuff. Jaw stuff. Tony oh, Jaw. Yeah. Um, yeah, the Ip Man series, uh, yep. which is based on real life stuff, I guess, you know, well, loosely, it's loosely based on real life stuff. Um, but it's based on off a real person, yeah, it man. Um, speaking of Tony Jaw movies, uh, look up the Guardian Steadicam scene. The Guardian. The Guardian Steadicam scene. It all, you also might call see call get. Uh, you could also might find it under restaurant scene. In fact, I'll give me a second. I'll just dig it up. Um, oh, another one that uh, deserves a shout out: the Raid Redemption. Holy shit, yeah. he's amazing crazy and the sequel is actually really good too is it yes give me a second here that one was uh <clears throat> i want to say that was indonesia yeah man just some of those balls to the wall fighting see uh scenes and like choreography i've seen in almost any movie just so good i'm sorry not the guardian the protector, protector. sorry um it's an easy mistake to make um well there's so many of those generic uh, movie titles like that, right? You know, like The Guardian, yeah. The Protector, right? The Defender. Okay, so it's like an eight minute and ten cent, uh, ten and eight minute. Ten it's seconds. an eight minute and ten second scene, and it is a single take. God. Right. Um, it is so fantastically great. Um, we'll 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 hang up here for now, but uh, I think we're probably going to watch this and talk about it, and we'll and it'll be something for a future episode. Hey, everybody, this has been Neil. The one true Ben and Mike, and we'll talk to you next time on Geek Fanthology. This podcast is a production of Working Theory Productions. It is brought to you by a letter and a number. Opening theme is Ultra Mega Hyperstorm, and ending theme is March of the Mind, both by Kevin McLeod. If there was interstitial music in this episode, it'll be listed in the doobly doo. If you enjoyed this podcast or know someone who would, please consider sharing it in your social media, sending us an email, or leaving us a comment. If you're listening on iTunes, please rate us. If you're listening on Spotify, please follow us, etc., etc. Anything that you can do to help boost the signal and work the algorithm to make us more discoverable is appreciated. If you really enjoyed this podcast, please consider supporting us, either by making a one-time donation on our website or a reoccurring one on Patreon at patreon.com slash workintheory. A final thought. This outro is recorded in advance, and you may never hear it. It kind of depends on whether Neil has time to record a regular outro for an episode or if something gets in the way.